Welcome to the Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast with your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Welcome to the I Love Mortgage Brokering Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast. Every Friday, I talk to a rookie who's making waves in the industry to figure out what are they doing to succeed in today's crazy competitive market. And today on the show, I have Enrique Levy. I did some coaching with him back earlier this year. We did a podcast series called My First Five Million, where we did sales training with him, helping him get organized with how he ran his business, showed him how to pitch and convert real estate agents. And I wanted to do an update show. I'm like, hey, man, we got him past the $5 million mark. He's now at eight and a half million. And I wanted to do an update and see how things are going for him. He's doing amazing. So, you know, in his first year in the mortgage business, he really didn't find the right fit or find his groove. He funded a total of zero mortgages. This year, he's funded eight and a half. He's got another nine million in his pipeline. And he conservatively finished the year around 11 to 12, which is amazing. A couple of big takeaways from my conversation with Enrique. First, one of the things you may not pick up on, but he's really focused on the business for self niche. He's got a family that's been business for self for years. His wife is. And so it really resonates with him. And I think part of his success is the fact that he's getting super focused on the type of client that he can serve. So I think that's helping him. The second thing that he talks about is how he stayed at his brokerage longer than he should have. So he had started with one brokerage and wasn't really getting the training and support that he needed, but he had this E&O insurance that he had paid and he was going to wait till that kind of was done before he moved. And then he realizes the foolishness and the craziness of actually you know, the few hundred dollars the you know, insurance was of not making the change and what it actually cost them. So I think that's an important lesson for any of you guys listening. If you're not at a place where that makes sense for you, don't trip over the dollars to get to the nickels, as they say. And then finally, we dive into TikTok. So, you know, right now, 50% of his business comes from real estate agents. We showed him some great stuff around that. And the other 50% actually comes from TikTok. And, you know, when I saw what he was doing, I was like, dude, like, I haven't seen, you know, anybody have this level of success with it. He's got lots of followers. He's got some videos with 50,000 views. And so you better find a link to go follow him on TikTok. We dive into some of his advice on getting that social platform to work and now how it takes him very little time. Like it's not a big time suck because these social media platforms, they can be great, but you really do need to monitor how much time you spend on them. So before we jump into that though, I want to give a shout out to our title sponsor. So Finmo is a mortgage application, document collection and submission platform that was built by mortgage brokers, very user-friendly for the client, very user-friendly for the agent. What I love about it, so we have a brokerage that we started called ILMB Mortgage Pros. And part of the reason we started is because unlike, you know, Enrique has got good support on the underwriting side of his company. So we thought on the sales stuff, but a lot of agents out there did not have fantastic support. And so we created a company called ILMB Mortgage Pros, where we help new agents find and fund their first 10 mortgages. We do the sales training. We got amazing underwriting support. And the reason we chose Finmo is because it's easy to use. We didn't want a tool that was like, oh my gosh, this tool is so complex. Can I get it figured out? You got so many other things to learn that we wanted something that was easy. So if you're interested to find out how we can help you scale your mortgage business, go to get10funded.com. Just get the number 10funded.com and check out Finmo. If you want to check out that tool, go to finmo.ca slash ILMB and check it out. You can set that up really, really quickly. Anyways, thanks so much for checking out this episode and check out those websites as I mentioned and check out Enrique's TikTok. Hey, Enrique, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, hey, we're going to do an update show. We were working together there on the five steps to five million, but tell me about yourself and your business. So my name is Enrique Levy, and I am a mortgage agent of now two years, currently working with Dominion Lending Center's Connect Mortgage Group. I really kind of specialize now in self-employed mortgages and investors. Okay. So how did you get here? What were you doing before you got into mortgages and then what led you into the mortgage business? So what led me into mortgages, I was once a bartender, went into a bank to go get a mortgage. And the guy basically laughed me out of there without giving me a strategy as to how to get it as a bartender. 
and yeah. my pride was bruised and i decided you know like, okay. screw that guy yeah so like i left out of there and like i pretty much just gave up on the process and then you know years later you know i'm now working for my parents they run a business called DoMyLaundry.ca in toronto and you know the opportunity kind of came up and my dad was just like oh man go for it and then i had that split second where i remembered that guy i was like you yeah. know what yeah screw that guy i'm gonna go i'm gonna go do this now, in retrospect, that guy was completely false, and I very much so could have got a mortgage, especially because I was making good money as a bartender. Yeah, so that's pretty much what. But he didn't me. know that, and you didn't know that, so. Yeah, right. so you know, is what it is. I guess you can kind of chalk that up to the cost of education. <laughs> right. But so did, um, okay, so did you start full time, part time? So what happened there? Yeah, I started part time because I was still helping out my parents with their business, and you know, at the time I was with another brokerage, and I thought very much so that I could do it, and then. When I switched over to Dominion and then I really got the full experience of being a mortgage agent and they started giving me access to all these things that I didn't have before. And especially with the leads that were coming in at the time, I quickly realized that I had to, I had to take a step back completely from my parents' business and just go full time into this. So I had to jump head first into this. I remember we were chatting about that and you're like, hey, I got to tell my dad I'm going to be doing this now. And you're like, he's a big guy. And I'm like, yeah. dude, you're a big guy. So I don't I'm, your dad scares me even more than, uh, than you do. So, <laughs> but yeah, the conversation and everything went well and business yeah. then for you. So what happened once you were able to go in with both feet? So what did you notice in terms of, you know, what was the big difference there? I started to get clarity. I mean, everything got easier, right? Like I wasn't juggling my time with my family business as well as with my mortgage business. Everything got a lot easier for me to accomplish in a day, right? And by extension, I was working less hours in a day, you know, because I wasn't going from five, six o'clock in the morning until, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning, right? So it gave me some time back, but it also gave me the ability to earn more because I had more time to focus on what was earning me more. Right. And so you got your license in 2019. Yep. And then work part-time for that year, work in your family business. Yep. And then realized that, okay, you ended up switching brokerages. So you started at one brokerage and yep. I don't want to name any brokerages or anything, but like because I've talked to sometimes new people, they get to one brokerage and they think I can't change, but it's about finding the right fit ultimately. Yeah. Like, and there's different models out there. And so tell me about what kind of went through your head in terms of being willing to, you know, making that switch. Yeah. I mean, the product knowledge wasn't quite given to us in the way that it is now with Dominion. Right. And there's a lot of times that I found that, you know, I, wanted to push somebody on the b side and i thought wholeheartedly oh man i really think this can go on the b side i'm like nope that's going private right and that got a bit frustrating because you know nobody wants to hear private right um right. maybe some of the more savvy investors that understand that it's not as scary as people think but you know for the average mom and dad or even single parent that are basically just trying to get by in life you know like the last thing on earth they want to hear is private oh yeah totally and I was losing a lot of business as a result of it. Yeah, and because I didn't have the product knowledge, I didn't even know how to rebuttal the brokers that were helping me at the time to get these closed, right? So, you know, it got a bit frustrating. There's multiple deals that were on the table that I should have been able to close. And knowing what I know now, I could have closed with ease. And, you know, it didn't get done. So that was kind of the last straw for me. I made what I now understand as a boneheaded mistake of just riding out the last few months of my you know insurance. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. We did the math on that. So sometimes we get these, it's like sunk cost fallacy. We've got this, I got my you know insurance. I gotta wait. It's like, wait a second, I'm not getting support I need. I don't feel like this is the right culture environment for me. And so you're saying the word dominion, but you're really talking specific because every brokerage is different. You're talking specifically about Phil Weir and his company. Like so yeah, it's uh, I, I want to make sure I just I'm identifying that there is differences even between 
companies under the same banner, right? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, like Phil has been a friggin' Jedi. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's been a huge, huge instrumental piece to my newfound success. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, Phil, if you're listening to this, thank you, sir. I appreciate yeah. you. We love you, Phil. We love you, Phil. <laughs> you can have my baby. You know, those things. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> okay, sorry, I got distracted there. Okay, so yeah, it makes sense. So you basically you wrote up this E and O insurance before you made the change, even though you knew you needed to change. So when you look back now, what was the cost of that indecision? What do you figure estimate? Like could be conservative. E- easily 80, 90k in my take for commissions, right. but like it could have been as high as like $150,000 right. in my take home. All know? because you weren't in the right place, you knew it and you didn't yeah. have the right support. And the reason I want to harping on this is if you guys are listening, like honestly, if you're at the right place, awesome. But if you're not, don't get stuck on the E&O, you know, trap when that there, there's other opportunities. Bucks, that couple hundred bucks is not worth the amount of deals that you could close. It really isn't, you know. By I mean? having the right support, yeah. yeah. It's, totally, it's completely true. Basically, once I got through the training with Phil and his team. Yeah. I, it wasn't even like I just hit the ground running. I was in full sprint. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just slapped me in a Ferrari and told me to go, you know, and it's been feeling like that ever since. Right. So it's just like everything picked up, you know, and then I got all the knowledge and the tools that I needed to kind of create success. And, you know, here I am successful and yeah, continuing to climb that ladder. So let me ask you this. What has been your biggest challenge since you got into the mortgage business for you? You know, just being able to manage time because you know like my business is constantly picking up so now i'm starting to get to the point where i'm starting to entertain okay when do i pull on an assistant right you know yes successful now but you know once i start paying somebody else and that success you know starts to look less than that of somebody that's working at mcdonald's right so <laughs> I, you know what there's dude there's i can't think of hardly any of one of our coaching clients who's ever regretted hiring somebody if you buy back your time and we were talking about this before we jumped on this call if you buy back some of your time so if i could give you Enrique right now like you know, 10 hours a week for you to prospect. You've got some great ideas. Do you think you couldn't go find another deal a month? I definitely think Three? about my business. Yeah. So like, you have to think that way. So you're getting stuck on the E&O thing again. You're like, hey, right. this E&O cost, it's like, wait a second, if I had an extra 10 hours a week, man, like what what I do with it? Like you'll be crushing 25 million, like no yeah. problem. But that's okay when you're ready, you'll make that leap. But yeah, okay. So tell me about your business in terms of like, so how has this year been for you? What you've got closed and then where do you think you're going to end up? So, so far, I'm right around 8 million. I've got another 9 million sitting in the pipeline, plus some prospectives, but I haven't gotten documents from them yet. You know, one of the products that one of our lenders rolled out kind of really blew up in my favor and, you know, started creating some relationships between myself and some builders, as well as started exposing me to more realtors that really put their niche in new builds. So, you know, that's been really helping kind of drive some future business. So, you know, the future's friendly. <laughs> future's friendly. And then what did you do in 2020? So that first year when you were sort of part-time, do you remember what you did? 2020, I did nothing. Nothing. So zero deals. Yeah, wow. it was zero deals for 2020. Yeah, a lot of them just kind of fell through the cracks. Right. Okay. Well, that's that's right. You know, it was a learning year. So what surprised you most about the mortgage business? Since you've, you know, come from a different background, what's been the biggest surprise for you? I don't really know if I had any big surprises like I spent a lot of time talking to a lot of people that have been in the game a lot longer than me. So, I mean, I think a lot of the surprises may have just been, you know, every so often you come across some like really weird situations and you're just like, well, bro, how'd you get there? <laughs> but, um, you know, I think maybe just the fact that I wasn't able to do it part-time, like I see some people doing, and now I'm looking at them and like, how are you doing this part-time? I don't understand. Right. That. There's so much to learn, right? Like it's really competitive and it's always yeah. changing. 
And yeah, I agree. I think it'd be very difficult. I've always said, you know, my business partner, if a part-timer is competing with her, she's going to eat their lunch because she is like, if you're part-time, you have to start off part-time. That's fine. There's no judgment. But the sooner that you can move into that where it makes sense, you're going to find that, wow, it's going to accelerate for you. Big, big time. Oh, I didn't ask you this. Where does your business come from? So, like, you know, the business you did this year, the eight and a half mil, where does that come from? There's kind of made two sources, you said. Yeah. So earlier on the year, a lot of it was coming in off of TikTok. Yeah. Uh, I've been getting a lot of positive feedback there. But as things progressed, I started making more relationships with realtors and, of course, you know, with the builder. Now it's starting to come 50-50 between realtors and through TikTok. You know, I'd mentioned, you know, like I'm slowly starting to throw some of my stuff on Reddit as well. Because like I've got all this content now on my other platforms, so I may as well kind of like start throwing that over and see what comes of that. Which today I got one, so <laughs> yeah, again, that's um, good. Yeah, so like it's a split between my social media platforms and realtors, right and then relationships. Yeah, and then okay, so there's two distinct skills you got to learn as a you know mortgage broker. First is sales, and then mm-hmm. underwriting. Which of the two is more challenging for you? Underwriting. I have become an excellent salesperson. I've kind of always been good at selling. But you came from a bartender background and some of the best mortgage brokers are like my business partner was a bartender. She's going to do 80 million this year, you know, yeah. five years in bartenders because you get people, you can build rapport fast, yeah. you know, and then, yeah, you got to learn the technical side, but like, there seems to be a lot of people that come out of that environment that make great mortgage brokers. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even realize some of the life skills that I was learning while bartending, right, but right. they definitely were transferable into this industry. But underwriting, and it's just time, right? You know, like with an underwriter, you know, I think I would be hiring an underwriter before I hire just a general admin person because with an underwriter, here you go, go through these documents and I can go get us some more business, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it really is just like the time it takes to actually underwrite each individual file. I think an underwriter would really make a big difference. It's like putting another engine in your car. It's like, wow, it makes a big difference. Okay, so, you know, we worked together on the My First 5 Million project. We were, you know, doing coaching and stuff. So what was for you the biggest takeaway or the most helpful part of that? Organization was by far the biggest. I'm not by nature an organized person, right? You know, like even through school, how I got through school and graduated is astonishing because- Do you have any like ADD or like attention stuff? No, because when I'm interested, I'm full attention. Right. right. Um, if I'm not interested, I can still pay attention and get, you know, the gist of what it is you're talking about. But, you know, it just for whatever reason, organization is just not something that I practiced. So, you know, my biggest thing, like putting everything into my CRM, even when I'm on the road, you know, I used to just take conversations while I was driving. Now I completely pull over wherever I'm going, yep. unless I'm on my way to an important meeting. Then I'll just tell them, hey, you know, I'm busy right now. Can we connect again at this time? Or I just don't answer the phone and respond with, like, I have an auto text that goes out whenever I'm in the middle of something. Yeah. But, um, you know, just putting the information immediately into the CRM and then constantly referring to my CRM when I got to do follow-ups and stuff, that was yeah. the biggest help and one of the biggest takeaways. I mean, the four-slide presentation, Yeah. big, big game-changer as well. That's helped on the realtor side. and then Yeah, that's helped me on the realtor side, but, like, just, like, yeah. on managing my business organization was huge for me. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Well, dude, I'm impressed with what you're doing. And I know you're going to end up hiring somebody sooner than you think. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to look back and go, even if you wait six months, you make Scott, I wish I would have done it sooner. Because I think you're sitting on a gold mine, honestly, some of the stuff that you're doing, but you just don't have time to mine it all. And so the quicker you can find a solution, whether it's a shared solution, whether it's a fee-based solution, the quicker you're going to be able to expand your business. And if you can do a shared or fee-based, you're not making the same commitment to a salary. You're not saying, hey, here's $65,000 a year or whatever, you know, so that might be an option for you. 
Yeah, yeah, I gotta look into the fee base because I didn't even know that was an option. So thank you. Oh yeah, there's people out there that can do that, you know, or that will do that. Or so at your company, you can talk to, you know, if there's somebody that you just start looking around, who's somebody that you know that has a, and often they're happy to share some of the cost of that too, you know, if they have capacity. So that that's awesome, as well. If you guys know anybody, feel free to refer. Yeah, if you're listening, <laughs> you're like, hey, if you know somebody who's good on writing, reach out to Enrique. I'll say this too: check out Enrique's TikTok, like. When we were chatting before, and you're telling me your TikTok, and I'm like, man, I've seen TikTok. I can't sing. I can't dance. You know, I got a face for radio. I don't know what I'm going to do on there. But you just basically educate people, and like, you're not on there dancing and singing and you know, no. uh, shaking your booty. You know, um, I refuse to do all of that. All yeah. I'm doing is just answering questions that I get asked in my meetings, or you know, just stuff that I think you know. Like we do a lot of meetings with the BDMs and all the yeah. different lenders. So like sometimes I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, oh, that's a big deal. Let me post that. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. You see, you're seeing an opportunity. Everybody else is like, this is just our information, but you're seeing it as opportunity for education-based yeah. marketing, which I've always loved. What do you think your time commitment per day is now? What do you think you have to spend on TikTok in order for it to like, you know, be effective? Honestly, like it takes me five minutes now. Like once the idea hits my head. The idea hits your head phone, and then you, you just cut a video. And, yeah blurt it out and then you know i'll spend a couple seconds editing you know like small edits there's apps and stuff you know like i don't use it all the time but there's apps and stuff that'll also auto put in like captions for you which if you guys are listening i'd honestly suggest you do it i don't do it all the time so i might not be the best example of it but it really does help and then it's out there right i can be coming out of the gym and just something pops in my head or i'll talk to one of the guys that have questions for me i got a gym shirt with like mortgage agent and my phone number and my email at the bottom of it so like when i go to the gym you know exactly who i am you know what i'm doing that's hilarious have you ever got anybody to reach out to you for that oh yeah absolutely man like people coming up to me is like hey i got a question for you and it's like let's talk man so yeah. right <laughs> yeah man okay so idea 10 minutes say to post that up there how often do you have to go in and check on like you know because i don't know like how much people comment on it or do you pay it attention depends. to the comments it depends on the video. Like, it depends on how interesting it is. Like, some videos, it was just, like, me answering a single person's question. And then it just so happened, like, a thousand other people wanted to see that, too, right? They may not necessarily comment on that. So, like, I leave the alerts on. Like, out of all the social media that I use, that's the only notifications that really comes through. You know, like, some, like, specific notifications, depending on what you're sending me from the other platforms, will come through as well. But that's the one that I get all the notifications for. So, you know, as they come, I try to answer them. You know, it's just good to be connecting with people that are asking you questions. But, you know, I don't have any specific time frame. It's like sometimes I'm just on the couch playing with my kid, right? So I can just... Yeah, and you'll just be like, hey, this is... I, I'll respond to that. But when you started, it must have took more time. So what was it like when you... Because <laughs> there was a learning investment to be able to do Absolutely. it in 10 minutes now. So what, I, what did that look like? My first video, I think, took me like an hour and a half. Just between stuttering, feeling like I was looking like a robot. Like, you know, like just kind of shaking off... I wouldn't say cobwebs because it wasn't a muscle that I built. But like... You know, just kind of like shaking off the nerves, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's literally like going to the gym or getting the habit of a diet, right? Like you got to start somewhere. As I started to build that muscle, it got less and less. But yeah, my first video was like an hour and a half. You did 30 yeah. days of videos yeah. in a row. How important do you think that was to building that, you know, the new muscle? Listen, I get people asking me how to social media all the time, and I happily share this information. And the one thing that I tell everybody is you have to commit to 30 days, one post a day for 30 days. Because the algorithm will not take you seriously if you don't. There's another gentleman that is on TikTok as well, right? And he's got a couple thousand followers. So he's doing pretty all right for himself. We started roughly around the same time. He's doing the same thing that I'm doing. I've got 17,000 followers. He does not, right? right? And like, if I had to put my thumb on what it is, is like I was consistent and he wasn't, right? Right. So, I mean, 
you know, mortgages, it's a boring topic for a lot of people, right? I often tell people don't focus on the numbers as much, just focus on the consistency because, you know, even if you just get 300 views, put yourself in a room in front of 300 people. You know what I mean? Right. Suddenly you're looking at that 300 people is like, holy crap, this is a big room. You know what I mean? Like, you, right. Yeah. Yeah. If you put your on stage in front of 300 people, most people would just like, they create or they would heads. just, they'd be like, holy crap. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've spoken in front of rooms much bigger than 300 people, honestly. In right. Real life. It's very much so something that I try to like use as like a way to encourage people to keep going. But like the consistency really makes a big difference. Like the algorithm really needs that consistency to take you seriously. Yeah. I've noticed the same thing with my podcast. This year I hired a producer and we're up to like 7,000 downloads a week now. And yeah. I couldn't even have imagined that. Like that was a month before. Now it's like a week. And yeah. it's because of we're like really consistent. Bang so once you get on that train, you do not get off it. It's kind of like going to the gym or anything else. And yeah, then it just, it, every week it builds and builds and builds and builds. So what is your pattern like now? How often are you posting videos? These days I'm more once a week. I've kind of gone through like a lot of the easy stuff. So now it's just like as bigger bits of information come by, I'll post it. The beauty of TikTok is it recycles your information, right? And that's kind of also why you want to be consistent is because like it constantly takes some of your older videos and puts them in front of new eyes, right? So if you guys are listening to this on the podcast, if you click on it, there'll be a link to Enrique's so we'll get you some more followers, but there'll be a link to Enrique's TikTok so you can go see what he's doing because yeah. I think it's fantastic. Even though we talked about this months ago, because I know you're right. If I'm going to go down the path of like, you know, using TikTok, I've got to commit to it. It's got to be both feet. Both feet. Um, otherwise, it's yeah. a waste of time. You get in Pretty there, you're not going to go both feet. Um, and people are going on there to learn too, right? I got like less than 800 followers on Instagram. Right? Right. My wife, so she has a sourdough baking business, which we've talked about. 36,000 followers, 37,000 followers on Instagram. The engagement is down. Like it used to be. And I think it's TikTok. Between you and me, I think TikTok is like the crack cocaine of social media. I think so too. Because I will put TikTok on my phone and I'll literally, I did this weekend because I'm doing some research for my wife for her side of her business. And I'm like, three hours went by. Where the heck did three hours go? Like (laughs) a three hour movie feels long. And I think it's kind of like channel surfing. They don't know what's coming. These short little, and it knows exactly what to play. Oh, here's a fight video. Here's this, is UFC. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, right? Yeah. And so I think it's the, yeah, it's the crack cocaine oh, of social media. Right social media. Yeah. But yeah. another thing I'd say to that is be a creator, not a consumer. So don't consume yeah. this stuff. Like how much time do you spend consuming TikTok? I barely. Right, um, so you're a creator. If you're yeah. in there, be the guy selling the crack, not the guy buying the crack. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's what you have to do with these social media things otherwise dude it'll kill your business yeah absolutely. okay sorry we went on a bit of a tangent there but you know what you're the guy who knows more about this than anybody that i know so i like these conversations so let's go into some rapid fire questions i encourage so, people to come and talk to me about tiktok like i'll happily share the knowledge yeah okay what's one thing people can't find out about you from google i grew up playing football i was a running back i love football oh yeah, me football. Too. did i tell you i went to see tampa bay season opener oh man <laughs> it was brady i was my son I and i was like i saw it on oh. facebook yeah. yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. Sorry, yeah. we're getting off track. Okay, what's a movie everybody should watch at least once? The Founder. Oh, that's a good movie, actually. It's really that's good. I like that. Excellent movie. Yeah. Like, even just from, like, a business sense, like, go watch The Founder. If you haven't watched it already, go watch The Founder. It's an excellent movie. What are three software programs or digital tools you can't run your business without? Email, my CRM, and my phone. Just everything about my phone. <laughs> phone is everything, yeah. Yeah. What's the best advice you received as a new mortgage broker? Best advice would be to get your product knowledge up. I'm currently talking things to people that other brokers aren't. And I think it's simply because they're not doing their homework. Do and you're, you're really getting going after the business for self niche, right? And where you are, there's a lot of great products because the products can vary from region to region. There's right. some great products in your area that are Absolutely. very effective for business owners. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. What about knowing what you know now? So two years in, what would you do differently if you're starting over? Two years in, I would have just started with my brokerage. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like honestly, I think I would have left where I was sooner and went on to my brokerage Phil's team. Right. You got to find the right fit. So I think that's good advice for everybody listening. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, Enrique, this has been awesome catching up with you. You know, obviously we'll stay in touch and yeah. I'll get you back at some point in the future when you're crushing 25, 30 mil. I'll be like, hey, man, I'll be like, when did you hire that assistant? You're going to be like, yeah, yeah, I know. That's what's going to happen. I guarantee it. So it's awesome, brother. Looking forward to it. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.